You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. (laughs) Welcome to Psyched by MG. This is Mary Grace Randazzo Ratliff, or MG for short. I've been a psychotherapist in private practice for 32 years now. Guess what, everyone? We all have issues. So it's time to lighten up and move forward. Let's stop letting our crap control us and take control of our crap. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Hi, Matthew Burita. Hello. Good evening. Oh, my. (laughs) Seriously, this, you know... This is is quite a week, as we know. It's a week of so much stress. And I know when I talked to you, I felt that we needed to do this show tonight because it is on, you know, the dealing with and coping with the political stress that's out there right now because mm-hmm. it's quite intense. Um, but before we lead into that and before I forget, um, I want to say to the listeners, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, um, Facebook, of course. We're here live. Uh, you can find us on um, Podcast Detroit, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. And we really need you guys to give us a like, uh, subscribe, um, hopefully uh, uh, leave us a comment. Um, and as we say every week, your thoughts and needs are very important to us. Uh, we feel like a big family. And so if you have issues that you want us to explore and cover, please, please, please message me. You can message me on Facebook. Um, you can message me on my website. Just go to Psyched by MG uh, and give us your thoughts because uh, they are important and uh, we care about them. We've, we've done several shows now based on uh, people writing in. So that being said, oh my God, what a freaking week. Yeah, and it's still not over. We're only on Friday, so I know. a lot can happen. I know. And of course, this is the the week of uh, the election, and mm-hmm. we're trying to find out who's going to be the next president. And I just, I was paying attention to myself and in, in the stress that I was going through, um, and my eating was crazy. Um, I couldn't get over how much I was affected by it. In fact, I didn't even know until I took a moment to stop and go, what is wrong with me? Like, mm-hmm. why am I having a hard time with the eating? Why am I so stressed out? Why am I moody? Why do I have like <laughs> low frustration tolerance to anything? Mm-hmm. Little things are bugging the crap mm-hmm. out of me. Um, and then it hit me like this election was coming up and, uh, it's a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so uh, therefore this is why I wanted to talk about election political stress. I mean, Mm -hmm. it almost needs to be its own disorder at this point Mm -hmm. with what people are going through. I mean, we have got right now between the political struggles and the pandemic you know, Matthew, you and I have talked about in our field, suicide rates are up 30%. Alcohol, drug addiction, uh, triggers, relapses are up well over 40%. Um, child abuse, uh, marital discord. I mean, we are seeing in our offices, anxiety disorders are through the roof right mm-hmm. now. Um, 
And in fact, I was talking to a, a friend of mine and she was saying, God, I'm so anxious. I'm so anxious. I'm not sleeping very well. And, and, and I couldn't even say like, you have a disorder. I was just like, well, join the rest of the group mm -hmm. because you aren't alone in feeling that way. Mm -hmm. For me, when Tuesday hit, I was like, Jesus Christ. I was so stressed out that I made myself go for a walk and I, and I literally had a, a, a either a spiritual moment or a talk with myself where I was like, no matter what the outcome of this election is, if it's not in the way that I'd like to see it go, I need to have my grief with that and then get on to the next project. Mm -hmm. And as a nation, we have to, we have to deal with it. Um, and I think my political views are pretty obvious. You know, I wanted Biden to, to take this. Um, and, uh, you know, you and I in this field, we're seeing the effects of some of the decisions that have been made. Um, but walking, I had to have a big conversation with myself so that I didn't feed despair. Mm -hmm. and, and I found myself with clients and with people I care about saying, whatever you do, you can be upset, you can grieve, whatever the way that it goes, um, don't feed a despair cycle, which I think would have been really easy to do, mm -hmm. uh, especially if it wasn't going the way that it's going right now. Mm -hmm. So while I was walking, I thought, you know, you got to not feed any despair. Um, and I remember thinking, God, I, I don't know if I could do another four years. You hear this a lot for people who are mm -hmm. going for Biden. You mm -hmm. know, I don't know if I could do another four years. Like, this has been a fight. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of the disappointment and all the feelings is, you know, you're watching this. Uh, you and I are both such advocates, such activists for equality, mm -hmm. uh, racial equality, um, sexual equality, um, for the LBGTQAI or IA community, uh, we're big advocates for that. Uh, so it's been a tough, it's been a tough four years. Well, and I think too, you know, we know that we don't exist in a vacuum. No. But what has happened yeah. in the last four years for a lot of Americans and a lot of people, regardless of, you know, speaking specifically with political, regardless of partisan, it's like, I think a lot of people have just felt like they've, they've had these kind of like fog and kind of like over them, this kind mm -hmm. of these rose colored glasses kind of existing in this vacuum packed yeah. sealed, whatever the anxiety is or whatever the distress or the marital discord or, you know, violence, yeah. domestic yeah. aggression, all these things have just kept you know kind of have been kept inside and not really finding an outlet i think yeah, and then yeah, when yeah. it does right we we've seen some pretty egregious and kind of disaster kind mm -hmm. of um yeah. like activities yeah. and you know behaviors and i think even with myself you know like leading up to tuesday i was like I actually reached out to my friend and she, I consider her to be a spiritual walker yeah. and like, you know, she's the theologian and, yeah. um, you know, and, and I said, I need, I need, like, I need prayer. Mm -hmm. I need, you know, and for whatever, if you believe in a bottle of ketchup or, you know, right. whatever it is, I mean, so it's <laughs> you not, you know, something. not to be, you know, to, to, you know, but just everyone needs something. Right. And so 
I said, you know, I need something. I need to, like you, where it was like, I have to go inside myself. I have to Mm -hmm. understand something and see if I can understand something. Mm -hmm. Um, And because my anxiety, too, was like, you know, and we have to, Mm -hmm. like, heal ourselves so that we can do the work that we do. Yep. And it was interesting, something that she had, you know, she she was um, texting because she knew I needed to read it and mm-hmm. reread it over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. And she had said, you know, something to, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, you know, basically not becoming our own weapon. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, you know, we've talked about weight. We've talked yeah. about, you know, our anxiety. Yeah. We've talked about all these things that then become permeated with, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, the symptom is, right? Yeah. So I'm feeling anxious, but then there are like 10, 20 other things that are affected by that anx- yeah. an- anxiousness. Right. And right. so I was like, oh my gosh. I've been an I've been my own enemy, yeah. and this is where it's you know it's difficult, yeah. it's hard, um, and I, you know like you had mentioned even a few shows ago where it's like when you were talking about like intimacy and stuff, and you were saying mm-hmm. about you know relationships where you know you have been practicing something for yeah. twenty plus years, yeah. so it's not perfect, but you've been practicing it, so it gets mm-hmm. better, mm-hmm. and so. I've been practicing how to manage and look at myself and really kind of humble myself and say, well, wait a minute, how have I been an enemy to myself? How have I Mm -hmm. kind of taken some of this anxiousness, taken some of this, you know, like whether it's, you know, comes out in eating or, Mm -hmm. you know, coming out in discord Mm -hmm. with your relationships? How have I been a weapon? Yeah. And that really helped because then going into, you know, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. but then also like with the global Mm -hmm. pandemic, like you were saying, it helped the grief process Mm -hmm. because we have to acknowledge that. We We have have to feel. We have to. And I I think that I said it over and over and over again this week as I listen to people, as people talk to me about them being so scared about this election, Mm -hmm. them feeling so overwhelmed. um, They didn't know if they could take it, if it didn't go a certain way, um, hopelessness. And I said, you have the right to grieve no matter what you ha- All of us are frustrated on both sides of the fence. Uh, frustration is key. It's aggravating. It's hard. It's stressful, um, you know, for people on the Democratic side or the Biden side. It's been a buildup of fatigue for four years. Um, I get that. The line is don't feed despair cycles with your grief. That's what everyone has to watch out for. You don't want to go into despair when your grief needs to talk and get out. You have to just vent it and let it out. And we say this on the show, every single show, connect with somebody, Mm -hmm. connect, don't isolate. Isolate is the main key to mental illness Mm -hmm. Um, and and, and, and certain stressors, anxiety issues, um, OCD issues, Mm -hmm. eating issues Mm -hmm. will escalate if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, And uh, so... You need to let the stress out. Mm -hmm. And if you let it out in a productive way, and in a productive way is you just vent, like, oh, I'm so frustrated. You know, Matthew and I talked to each other on election night, and we were like, we FaceTimed, and we were like, oh, my gosh, like, this is just freaking me out. This is stressing me out. Um, you got to get it out. That mm-hmm. that's a higher functioning way to get it out. Mm-hmm. But if you just push it down, run from it, or say I, you know, it's not affecting me. 
then it's going to get bigger and more intense because the body's going to say to you, you got something to deal with. Mm-hmm. You got something to deal with. And it becomes disproportionate yes, to, it what does. The, to what the original feeling was, right? Yes. So we talk about, and to use an analogy, right? And I'm going to use like an incarceration analogy. It's like the, you know, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime and sometimes yeah. it's disproportionate. Yeah. So, yeah. Our crime against ourselves sometimes, like if we're if we start to feel anxious, like you're saying, yeah. there's a part of us that n- we need to acknowledge it and we need to kind yeah. of f- like actually roll with some of that resistance, yes. some of the yes. unsettling feeling, yes. so that it doesn't disproportionately consume us yep. and become larger and larger and lar- like many of our you know clients are just yep. lay individuals who are saying like it just feels like larger than life and yep. you know I remember it's like talking to one of the clients recently where it's like, you know, I'm feeling something and, you know, I'm remembering something from a question, you know, and things that I was asking and, and just taking her through like a grounding kind of technique of I, what I want you to do is I want you to breathe for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and, and I think part of it is it seems so like maybe easy or simple. And so sometimes we really do kind of, we, we go around that. And and I, I try to like, I'm like, let's go back to the simpleness. Like, and I say the kiss method, keep it simple. And let's keep it simple and let's breathe. Let's, and then when I notice like, right, we, what we notice behave, I'm like, I want you to lower your shoulders. I want you to just put your hands on your knees. Oh yeah. And so taking them through that and and letting them know, like you've said this many times and it's helped me too. And just in supervision is that, you know, you're not alone. That's right. Just saying that it just, because we can feel like we can feel real shitty sometimes. And when someone says to you, and we all know when someone's pissing on our leg and telling us it's raining. So I'm not talking about those people in your lives who are like lying to you or not being, are being disingenuous, right? Yes. When they're like, how's your day going? And they really don't give a shit. So it's like, but I'm talking about those people who really are like, they stop and they're like, no, 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 let me put my stuff down because I'm invested in you. Yeah. And yep. I really, I, I'm here for you. Yeah, that's yep. what we need. Like you were saying, yep. those social yep. connections yes. and those social bonds. Yep. really rejects. There is no place like at this table. There's no place for that, and like uh, animosity. Yep. There's no place for you know the, the just taking advantage of someone. Yep. Yep. When yep. we're when we're yep. exchanging that empathy and yep. that intimacy. Yeah. And I think, you know, you hit on something that was so profound, and it's been profound probably since the pandemic began, with the political issues, the division in the country. It Anybody who's been through trauma, childhood trauma, comes from an alcoholic family, child of abuse, um, rape, uh, any form of physical abuse, um, intellectually being abused, uh, battering relationships, whatever it is, one of the key things that feeds anxiety is when you're in that situation and you're going through it, you feel trapped. Mm-hmm. And entrapment is when you end up, when you've been through that kind of trauma and you get into a situation in the present that makes you feel like you're trapped you can get triggered. And and what I mean by that, and I really do want to do a show about PTSD, um, and that'll be coming soon. Uh, but a part of that is understanding what a trigger is. And so 
with what people have been feeling, like let's take the pandemic for an example, they were feeling, people were feeling trapped in their homes. Mm. They were feeling like they didn't have control. They didn't know when it was going to end. So the unknown became scary. Mm -hmm. Well, feeling trapped in your home, feeling like you don't have choices, feeling like you don't have control over what's happening in the world. Those are all three themes that can also be connected to a person's trauma. Mm -hmm. And so when they get into that situation in the present, their body really has a hard time. They can really have high levels of anxiety. They don't mm -hmm. understand why they feel panicky. Mm -hmm. They don't understand why they can't sleep. They don't understand why, you know, they, they really feel like they can't breathe. And, and that's where in the sessions, and you and I both do a lot of PTSD work, we, we say you have to understand it's it's double or it's triple right now for you because in your subconscious, in that brain of yours, it's tapping on that old nerve yeah. that brings you back to childhood for some of these people or if it is a, a rape situation in which they were captive, whatever that entrapment was. And so how you help yourself is you first of all have to say to yourself, wait, this anxiety is too high. Because mm -hmm. even with the pandemic, we have choices. Mm -hmm. Even with the pandemic, we can we can do things and we can get creative. And it was temporary. It was temporary. It was temporary. Mm -hmm. um, and there is no, uh, hopefully, there's no perpetrator in the mm -hmm. house. <laughs> um, so you you aren't in a full, real entrapment. And you've got to tell your brain that. Mm -hmm. And then you have to give yourself choices so that you don't play out a trigger, we call it, mm -hmm. where you don't feed it. So if you are triggered, if you feel like really, really intense about being in, trapped in the house and that it's going to be doom and gloom from now on because the pandemic hit, you got to say to yourself, no, no, this is not reality. Mm -hmm. This is temporary. We are going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And I got to give myself choices right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get my car and I'm going to go for a drive. I'm going to do something fun with the kids. I'm going to order a new game. You have to do movements that bring choice to mm -hmm. counterbalance that mm -hmm. trigger. And it's so important. And people are feeling that with this election, mm -hmm. uh, especially people on the Democratic side who are saying, oh, my God, I cannot take another four years. I cannot I cannot do any more of this daily fight for just mm -hmm. integrity and mm -hmm. honor and transparency. And um, so much in my sessions, especially right now, I'm, have to, I'm having to tell people, let's look at what your triggers might be, especially if you're a trauma person. Um, and we need to list the hope side of things. We need to see and talk about how temporary the situation is. And I, I think I, I was telling you, or maybe I said in the beginning of the show, who knows, um, that when I went for my walk on Tuesday, I had to tell myself, don't feed any despair. Mm -hmm. Just you're grieving or you're frustrated or you're scared. I was scared to death. Um, but don't feed despair. And mm -hmm. I think that's a really important choice mm -hmm. to make when you're going through whether it's this political stress the pandemic stress you know your your trauma getting triggered it's it's tough but don't feed it mm -hmm. and then the second part is that we talk about all the time matthew do not isolate people mm -hmm. you get on zoom you get on facetime you call a therapist you call a hotline 
Um, you start to read some self-help information. You have to bring in hope. You have to make decisions that help you to feel empowered again. Mm -hmm. It's so important. If you isolate and you don't do that, you're going to feed something that's going to wear you out emotionally. Mm -hmm. And, and it can get to very dangerous levels. You know, Mm -hmm. we said, Suicide rates up thirty percent right now. It it, it just it's heart wrenching. What we see, you and I, especially what we see in our offices right mm-hmm. now, it's absolutely heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and um, it, it gets tiring. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it get you know, I was walking and and saying to myself, "Wow, I, I've got what fifteen twenty people this week." And I'm emotionally worn out. Mm -hmm. I'm worn up. I've got to feed this tank Mm -hmm. and not do it in a way. What did you call it just a few minutes ago about not, (laughs) um, your friend said it, not. Oh, not being like an enemy to yourself. Not being an enemy to yourself, not being a weapon. And I think that was very well put. Yeah. And an enemy to yourself is overeating. <laughs> um, it's not exercising, right? Um, it's saying abusive stuff. Yeah, it's putting yourself down. Yeah, it's calling yourself fat. It's calling yourself, you know, ridiculous. It's saying just the stuff that you would never say, hopefully, to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I have had to say that to clients yeah. this week. Would you ever talk to someone the way you're talking about yourself? Mm-hmm. And almost ten out of ten. Percent of the ten, no. or uh, uh, ten out of ten, yeah. no, 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 I wouldn't. Would you say that to your child? Oh mm-hmm. God, no. So what the heck makes you think yeah. you have the right to say that to you? Right. Stop. We can be weary, we can be tired, we can be fatigued, but we don't self abuse. Mm-hmm. That that that's where I think you're mm-hmm. crossing the line. Well, and you know, you know, I like speaking in metaphors and everything, and so I, I, I bring up and I've been bringing up with like my clients, but also myself too, is like, you know, we, we have to invest in ourselves. Right. And that's kind of what you're getting, you're getting at too. And what I also bring up is we, you know, and, and I said, well, okay, so you have an, you have an automobile, you have a car and you know, like the person responds, yes. Do you have insurance? Yes. You have health insurance. Yes. Why do you have health insurance in case something happens, right? For the car, in case something happens. Do you have a homeowner's insurance? Yes. In case something happens. So emotionally, what have you been taking? What insurance policy have you been taking out on yourself? Yeah. Because in case something happens, and this is like you just said, you have to fill your tank up, right? And so for people listening, fill your tank up and really take time to block out, I call it the chatter, um, you know, to block out the noise and really take the walk, take the sit down on the couch, love seat, sit outside, sit on the the grass, do whatever you need to do to create – this insurance yeah. policy for yourself emotionally to invest. And so when you yeah. emotionally make investments and you deposit into your emotional bank account yeah. to use that metaphor, that's right. Then you will be able to withdraw from that and you will have saved. It's your emotional 401k. I call it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. actually I don't really think there's a lot of literature that actually has coined that term. Yep. So, um, <laughs> but <laughs> But the emotional 401k, it's like there are certain qualities that you, we, you know, to be masters 
for ourselves. Yeah. And so yeah. being a master for ourselves is not self-abuse. Yeah, that's the that's opposite, right? right? right. And really going back to keeping it simple and going back to basics. If self-abuse is on the kind of destructive, damaging end of the Mm -hmm. spectrum, then what's the master part about it, right? And really make this kind of go back to these like do's and don'ts lists Mm -hmm. and make that your insurance policy, make it your investment, make it, you know, create whatever metaphor you need to Mm -hmm. for yourself so that you can start to feel how you need to feel in those moments that you were your happiest, right? Yep. Maybe not your happiest, but your happier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. It's, so when you, and I ask clients that, can you can you talk about a time yeah. in your life that you were happier? Can you yeah. recall a moment? Yeah. Your mind's already going there because I'm already triggering yep. it. Yeah. And I do that, and it's interesting. That will last. Mm-hmm. I'm not a you yeah. know scientist, but like yeah. I, I do believe that. You know, there have been studies where that'll last for mm-hmm. days even mm-hmm. in terms of what's being released into mm-hmm. our consciousness. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, also gets into when we say don't don't feed anxiety, um, you know, to make some choices where you listen to the songs that, you, that, that make you feel inspired or that give you energy or that make you feel like a fighter again. Um, you watch the show that makes you laugh. Um, do that's what we mean by, you know, do other things that don't feed a despair cycle that don't feed self abuse either. You know, for a few people this week, I had to say, I I want you to give me, you know, 10 affirmations. I did the same thing. I said, I yeah. need to f- think about five or 10 affirmations. Yeah. Well, this one particular person, I was like, <laughs> I want 10. Um, because I could tell in listening to the person, they were so scared. Their brain was so stuck. We always call it like a record player. It just gets stuck and it repeats this cycle and fixates in this one spot. Um, and then... They're mean to themselves. They're hard on themselves. You know, geez, I can't believe I'm back in the space again. Geez, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Oh, I can't believe I yelled at my kids or, oh, I can't, you know, I think I'm a terrible mother. I think I'm this. And And I'm like, dear God, stop, stop. You got to interrupt this cycle right here. If you keep going on that track. What's going to happen to you? If I can say one thing to what you're saying, just for the listeners, when a therapist says that to you, I want you to know right now that they love, that's a sign of love. Yes. And that is a sign of admiration for you. Yes. Just, I wanted to point that out. And we value you. Because we sometimes think, yes, Yes. there's value in that. Because sometimes we go into our head. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the yeah, self abuse. Yeah. Why is why is my therapist saying this to me? They right. value you. Yeah, and they're trying to get you out of that spot. Yeah, you would never take a child, and I say this to clients too. You would never have a child who's beating themselves up, say over a test. And if you were listening to that child, you wouldn't sit next to them and say, "Yeah, you are stupid." Yeah. Yeah, you know, you are kind of an idiot. Boy, you don't get that. What's wrong with you? You would never do that because you know that you would bury that kid. Right. You would make them, their self-esteem would be crap. It's a form of abuse. You would never do that. Yeah. They're already vulnerable. They're already feeling not strong. They're not feeling confident. They're, They're scared. Yeah. Instead, you would say to that kid, hey, easy. 
easy. It just sounds like it's something you don't know. Yeah. Or it just sounds like it's something that you got to work through. Or, or are you hungry? Yeah. Have you slept? You know, is there something bothering you? Because all of those things affect the way you make decision. It affects the way you connect with other people. Yeah. It's real, people. Yeah. Real. And um, so when you're in, a th- is, you know, working with a therapist, especially when we start to heal, hear that cycle, we're like, stop, yeah. stop. Yeah. If you won't talk to your kid that way, or if you won't talk to your best friend or your partner that way, you are not allowed to do that to yourself. Right. And if you do, how the heck do you think you're going to end up? Mm-hmm. How defeated, how much more anxiety, how, how much more depression or sadness, or how much more you're going to drink? Yeah. It's too much. You got to disconnect from that cycle. Then the second thing, and I said this to somebody last week, I said, you know, you have to work hard to get out of that cycle. There's no damn magic wand. I can't like sprinkle fairy dust over your head and it's just going to disappear. You can't just sit in my office and go, oh yeah, I need to do that. And then when you go to do it, think, oh, I feel great. I'm just happy. No, you got to do it over and over. You got to practice this and you will notice a change in yourself. You will notice more confidence. You'll notice you'll want to connect more with people. You will get more comfortable sharing. You'll know the people who you should share with and the people you shouldn't. Because there are those people out there that, no, don't, if they're going to turn your vulnerability and your sadness into a problem, and if they're then going to abuse you about it, get the hell away from them. Mm -hmm. I ain't got no tolerance Mm -hmm. no more. Well, and I think you mentioned something that is the the realness. And I think, you know, I wanted to just kind of bring that up again because I think, and I was just talking with a client and I had to, I stopped everything because the client was getting emotional and I said, you need to feel this. Yeah. Yeah. You need to. You know, and part of it was the kind of holding back. Yeah. And I said, emotions are not the enemy. No. Emotions are no. not evil. And I've explored this with other patients too, now more so than ever. Yeah. Because what's happening is the past, which really isn't so much the past. It's just, it's just stuff lying dormant that's yep. being kicked yep. up a lot yep. right yep. now, yep. right? Yep. In the yep. vacuum. Yep. And so I'm saying, how did you learn how to feel? Right. Yeah. So me, I know, I remember like my, yeah. you know, my dad telling me, you know, oh, so don't be so emotional. Yep. Let me tell you something, folks. That will F with you. Yeah. That, yeah. Now in the present, you know, and just like you said, we you can't just expect to wave the magic wand. Yeah. I have to go inside myself and I have to recognize when I'm getting emotional, it's not lethal. It's not bad. And if I need to cry, I need to cry. Mm-hmm. And in this situation with this particular client, she needed to feel and yeah. he needed to, you know, so that he and she and any of our clients uh, out there or any non-binary, you know, whomever our clients are that we serve, it's like, feel how you need to feel. Yep. And that's part of like what I, you know, I think too, some of our own kind of biases come up sometimes mm-hmm. when it's like, well, why is my, you know, why is mm-hmm. my therapist? And it's like, and you've said this before too, it's like, you know, kind of making sure mm-hmm. like, who am I? Right. Yeah. Remember who I am. I'm here because I value you and I want to mm-hmm. help you. Yeah. So when I'm saying stop that, right. Yeah. I'm actually, that's, and you know, we've talked before, it's like, 
being good parenting, right? Being kind to our, to yourself. And if you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't say that to a child, right, then you shouldn't be saying that to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we have to, we've, that's, I mean, something for me, and it's actually, it's frightened me. I, yeah. I'm going to go as far as to say that yeah. when I see the amount of personal volitional restraint on our, on someone's oh. emotions. Right. Where it's like I you can tell somebody needs to just Mm -hmm. let release and let Mm -hmm. something out and they don't. And, you know, like we were talking, we've been talking this this time is that it gets to something where it escalates and it gets destructive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and I remember I had a client. I (laughs) I brought her out of the, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we were almost done and we went out into the parking lot and I said, I want you to scream as loud as you can. Yeah. And and she looked at me like I was crazy. I said, I want you to scream as loud as you can. Whatever, you know, just however it comes out. And so after a couple cajoling, you know, moments and she did and she was like, oh, my God, that feels good. Right. And sometimes I say all that to say it. We don't we sometimes get fixated on the specific emotion we need to feel. But sometimes it can come out of us in any way that it needs to. So you might be thinking, I need a good cry. And I've heard that before. But it might just be, hey, let me scream and shout yep. and get some of this energy out of me yep. because it's not your fault. A lot of things happen that aren't our yeah. fault. Yeah, and that, you know, that gets to, I, I have two thoughts as I was listening to you. I can hear those people who are detached, who say, oh, this is so, you know, touchy-feely, emotional stuff. Like, come on, people. <laughs> Buck it up, get on with it. Uh, I, I and I come from that kind of family. I come from that kind of background. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want to say to you, um, first of all, sit the hell down and listen for a minute, um, because we're not talking about wallowing. Emotions have a purpose. Mm-hmm. They have a purpose. They are an alert system. Okay, to those people who are listening that are saying this is bullshit. Emotions serve a purpose in the body. They are an alert system. They tell you that something is wrong. And we've said this before over and over again. I'm going to say it over and over again. Um, they alert you to pay attention. Something's wrong. Uh, when you get angry, pay attention. Somebody may be doing some things. You may be going down the wrong track. It is an alert sy- system to say, hey, stop. Take a look at what that person's saying. Take a look at what's happening. Check in with yourself. And it also, so emotions are an alert system and emotions release stress from the body. We're not saying sit down, wallow in your emotions and use it as an excuse not to move forward. We're saying release the pressure Mm -hmm. so your thoughts can get clearer and you can make more accurate decisions. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has pissed you off and you're all riled up, vent with somebody, just let it out, and then you're going to get a clearer thought and you'll come to a clearer solution because that's how it works. They have a point. Mm -hmm. They have a purpose. What we're talking about, what we want to do in this podcast, is get you to master your emotions Mm -hmm. so that you can be highly effective. So say you're with your partner, for example, And, you know, they're tired or whatever, and they're cutting you off and you feel pissed to go, wait a minute, I'm starting to get annoyed here. Like, what's going on with you right now? You've cut me off three times. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's accuracy. 
look, you know, I'm on your team here. I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to take this. I'm trying not to take this personally, but my God, you've interrupted me four times here. Mm-hmm. What's up? Are you having a bad day? Okay, that's highly effective. Now, you ain't connected to your emotions and you don't know how to deal with them. They go to cut you off. You turn around and say, fuck you. Listen, bitch, or you shut down, you don't speak, you're going to store that crap. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It does go somewhere. It's Mm -hmm. called displacement. And a week later or the next day, you're in the kitchen, they do something, shut a door too loud, or don't put their cup in the dishwasher, you're going to snap. They're Mm -hmm. going to look at you and say, what you snapping for? Mm -hmm. Why are you snapping at me? And you don't really know because you put it away. Mm -hmm. Now you are not accurate. You're not accurate in intimacy. You're not accurate with connecting. So I hope this makes sense because I could hear in my head the listener that is listening to this saying, oh, it's all this emotional stuff. Yeah, damn it. It is a lot of emotional stuff because I sit every freaking week and I watch people struggle with this. Mm -hmm. We do know what we're talking about. It's hard to watch. It really, really is. And I'm going to say this is not just a male-female issue. This is not just men not feeling or detachment. I got women that go into detachment. It's really about both genders understanding how to master these emotions Mm -hmm. and these feelings. Because if not, you are going to do it in displacement. That means you're going to snap at those kids. Mm -hmm. You can lose it. Mm -hmm. You can punch, punch something, someone hit something, drink too much alcohol, Mm -hmm. get a DUI. It goes somewhere, people. Mm -hmm. And then you've got a mess to clean up emotionally versus just trying to deal with it effectively. Mm -hmm. We're all stressed out. We're all dealing with stuff. And it's a lot. But we want you, and definitely through this podcast, to learn how to master it so you're a highly effective communicator, connector, Mm -hmm. (laughs) support Mm -hmm. system, and you take good care of yourself. Mm You know, we talked uh, in the one show, I don't know if you were on that one, Matthew, about you have to learn how to do this and you have to learn how to keep your own pot full mm-hmm. in order to have an abundant supply for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the importance of self-care mm-hmm. and having limits and having boundaries and communicating them. Mm-hmm. I know through the years I've had to master and I'm still working on it, how to say, no, I can't right now. No, I need to do this. Or even to know what my need is. Right. Like, what is it? You know, what do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, we were laughing earlier because Mary Grace forgot to change her watch time. And so for like three or four hours today, I kept thinking I was running late. And I started to snap. We were all, you know, I took my son and my daughter and we were going to go get manis and petties and stuff like that. And I'm snapping. I'm like, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to do this? We have no time. Like, I'm going to be down to the minute. I got to get to the podcast. And he was like, you're okay. My daughter's like, mom, you're fine. And I'm like, don't say that because I'm not. I'm stressed out because I have no time. And it wasn't until the end of the freaking, I, I got all my pain. And I look at my clock and I'm like, damn. And I'm looking at the clock at QQ Nails is where I get my nails done. Great place, by the way. Um, and it's an hour difference. And I started laughing. I said, Amelia, oh my God, it's not, it's not almost five. It's just before four. She's like, yeah, mom. I wondered why you were freaking out. It's an age thing. I think I really do. But yeah, you, you do stupid things. I mean, truly. But for people, you know, to bring this back again, 
we're human beings. Mm -hmm. We're all human beings. And right now, you know, going back to the politics and the stress and, and, you know, poor people are just on their last nerve um, and, and really fried. Um, we're, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. You, you are not alone. How many times, Matthew, did you feel better when you read somebody write about the stress that they were going through and it was just like yours? Oh, yeah. You I mean, can... oh, the story or mm-hmm. the the comedy, you mm-hmm. know, some people get really funny, whether it's well, on and Facebook when or... somebody and this is where it is helpful to have people who don't stigmatize you. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's, you know, especially yeah. and I think honestly, I mean, obviously we can do another show on that, but yeah. the stigmatization of like mental yeah. health and mental illness, yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it is I think that's why we're also where we're at. Yes. And so for, you know, the listeners out there that are, you know, that are listening, thank you. But, uh, and I want to let you and everyone know is that, like you mentioned, our feelings are our feelings. Yeah. And if we, the roadmap that you and I are talking about, and and I use, we're giving, we provide a roadmap. And it's a roadmap to be our best master to ourselves, mm-hmm. so that we don't end up creating. Um, and that's the pain. That's even yep. that's what's even most painful is when yeah. we get to the insight part in therapy and we yeah. recognize what culpability that we ourselves play in some of the mess and some mm-hmm. of the debris yep. that we leave in front of us or are still cleaning up. Yeah. That's what's sad. And that is what's painful. And equally, we need to feel that. Yeah. Um, but I do think that, you know, a lot of it is destigmatizing it is that, yeah. you know, sometimes too, is that, you know, even meeting some clients and it's like, oh yeah, I'm bipolar. Right. You know, I used to get that a lot when I worked in the uh. prison system and I worked, you know, with, uh, individuals who, you know, were incarcerated is that, you know, I'm bipolar, I'm manic, I'm the, and I'm thinking, no, what's, what's your story? Like, what is, mm-hmm. we all have a story mm-hmm. and the bond and the connection yeah. and even, and, and how we learn we learn through other people's stories yeah. how sometimes yeah. we have to have those boundaries yeah. and limits, which is also self-care and being a master yeah. to ourselves, is that when we hear of someone else's story, not to – we sometimes reduce the level of just, you know, maybe danger. Like you were saying mm-hmm. even at the beginning of the podcast yeah. is that our emotions are our alert system. Yep. And so – if you're out there and you're at home and like, you know, you were talking about, you know, kind of the discord and, you know, mm-hmm. your displacement and you're recognizing that and it's once, twice, three, four times, you're like, wait a minute, stand up for yourself, speak yeah. up, right? And speak out and, mm-hmm. you know, really yeah. invest in yourself. Yeah. And and that's also part of what will reduce some of that grief and despair and oh, it'll yeah. reduce some of Absolutely. that anger. And some of the anxiety because you're actually – like I was mentioning earlier, anxiety doesn't always have to be expressed to be extinguished in anxiety mode. Yep. So you yep. can express yep. other right. emotions which can actually tap into what you're feeling from an anxiety perspective and yeah. it can kind of yes. dissipate both of them. Yeah. Yes. And so that's, Ooh, that's healthy. Such a good, that's such a good one, Matthew. You know, how many times – we see somebody coming in and talking about how anxious they are or how panicky they are or how OCD they are. Like they're just stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're stuck. Mm-hmm. And 
we have to get, again, move the needle. Yeah. So what we do as therapists is we'll say, yeah, I hear you that you, you fear you have cancer. I, I get it. And you got no proof of that. Your brain thinks you have proof of that. Maybe you have cancer and you got online and you just freaked the shit out of yourself. Mm-hmm. But I got to ask you a different question. And it is, what was scary this week? Mm-hmm. What was hard this week? You need to tell me. Is this an anniversary time of someone's death? And what shocks me, you know, when we ask that question, mm-hmm. like at least six out of 10 times, we were like, oh, wait a minute. My mother died this week. Oh, my gosh. The anniversary of my rape was this month. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you have to understand that shit is in there. Yeah. And so and then when you go through something that feels like entrapment, it feeds it and ignites it. Mm-hmm. There's things that are going on that you're not aware of. And if you just want to focus on where that record player is stuck mm-hmm. on medical, do I have cancer? You know, am I pregnant? Whatever it is, we got to go, uh-uh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We got to get you over here. I got to understand what's been going on with you that got you to the point of being stuck and fixated on this one spot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden their mind lets go. And they get to move the needle themselves. And they move the needle themselves. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. And I said, yeah, where's your brain? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about the kids. Yeah. How good does that feel? So you got to ask yourselves, especially when you're going through you know, the political stuff is really easy to fixate on. Mm-hmm. But the other thing we got to tell you is take a step back. This year has been tough. Yes. This year has sucked in so many ways. Yes. And we have to focus on all of the buildup. It yeah. is the end of the year. We The pandemic is worse than ever. There's a lot in here, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, what's going on at home? Are you, Do you have parents you're worried about? Like, talk about this stuff. Let it out. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're listening to it as a listener, as a support person, don't interrupt. Let yeah. them talk about yeah. it. And, and I get, you know, Italian, I get that. Controlling the interruptions are hard. But don't do and don't try to give them solutions if they don't want it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just have to bitch. I'm a solution focused person, trust. Yeah. And I even even in my <laughs> years ago, yes, I had yes, I, I am. I'm like, okay, this is how this is how this is what needs to happen, and I now know how to get there. But I had to attend, you know, learn heal or heal them myself. Therapists become the patient. Yeah. And I again, like we were saying, it's like when we get to move our own needle, yeah. then every day becomes a month, becomes a year. That's and right. so when you're saying That's like right. I'm married for 20 years, I'm married for 30 years. No, I'm not perfect at that. Or you know, I'm That's embracing right. my gender identity, and I'm not perfect at that. But I've been doing it now for a long time. Where now I have the strength and courage to move my needle, right, and kind of take my roadmap and my own hands and be kind to myself, be a good parent to myself. So where now I'm in control of me. Yep. So I don't feel entrapped. I don't feel like I'm in a container. And it was interesting. I was talking with a colleague of mine and when I was making a decision kind of shifting in employment and stuff. And, you know, I was the question was, is like, how do you get to feel creative? And instantaneously, I was like, I don't. I can't. 
And it triggers the living shit out of me yeah, yeah, because yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like I can't spread yeah. out. And that's something too. And I've, you know, and I, and it really is emotional for me and is kind of like my part of my advocacy and, you know, kind of just the, just the movement of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever movements exist out there with like LGBTQIA and just any type of thing is like yeah. the greatest gift just from the perspective of that is allowing someone to express themselves and their identity, like you said, sit back, quiet, perfect your silence, I always say. Mm -hmm. Take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Perfect that silence. And that's the greatest gift you're going to give to somebody because it's not about – it's get out of your own way. It's not about you. It's about that person needing to just be them. And to connect. And to connect. Just to connect with you. And, you know – Sorry, I took it off on a little tangent there. But but. no, you're right. And for, (laughs) you know, men and and, and people who, because there are women who are like this too, sometimes you're so anxious to help that you want to give them answers. And I always say, before you do that, ask them first. You need to say, are you just venting? Do, you know, are we strategizing right now or are you just needing to vent? And, and if you just need to vent, just tell me because I'll just listen. <laughs> and it's it's easy to want to give them answers, but you can overwhelm them. Sometimes they can't finish their thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't think straight. And they're also just needing you to validate that their feelings are okay, that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And there isn't anything wrong with them. Right. They're just stuck right now. Reducing the stigma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tune into a later podcast by Psyched by MG. Reducing no. the stigma. But to see, I th- really, I mean, it's that's what you're, you know, yeah. for all the listeners out there, that's really, and truthfully, when we're talking about emotionally healthy, emotionally available, right? Yeah. So if we're talking from a framework of attachment theory, right? Yeah. The, the, the core of it is I need, the child needs someone accessible, yeah. Yeah. And if somebody, not just the, you know, whatever type of um, nuclear, non-nuclear family, but a special person, right. a caregiver, if right. the person is not accessible, That's right. we know that there will be, mm-hmm. right, maybe other kind of internalized problems, anxiety, depression, yeah. suicidality, or externalized problems with, you know, substance yeah. use and abuse and, you know, yeah. uh, incarceration. We know this. This is something yeah. we know. It's science of behavior. Yeah. So this is not something that we can, I mean, we, you can try and refute it. And I always tell, and I tell clients this, you're spending so much time trying to resist. Imagine if you just sat oh, there and listened. God. And yeah, and heated that, and so like everything you were saying, I just I, it's so profound mm-hmm. because the the needle moving the needle helps to destigmatize their life, yeah, and it yeah. makes them feel like they're not they are not wrong, yeah. And you you know you hit something that's with so everything going on yeah. is how often do we you know put so much effort in getting somebody to get comfortable with just having problems. I mean, just get comfortable with it. You know, we have to help them to not abuse themselves. We have to help them to not be afraid to talk about whatever their issue is. We have to help them through their nerves of talking, you know, through it for the first time. And, you know, Matthew and I will watch somebody struggle with this and it gives us their story. Yeah. Where as we watch them, whether they're scared or shaken or afraid, you know, to get too vulnerable or that they're going to be judged, you know, I then will say like, holy crap, 
I remember having a client years ago. She would start to tell me what she was going through, and then she she would out loud put herself down yeah. and condemn herself for having the problem. Yeah. And she would say it by saying, well, I know you probably think this, or I know you yeah. think, I know you're probably, and she had this whole conversation with herself and never said a word for 20 minutes. Yeah. And finally I said to her, holy crap, who verbally abused you growing up? Like you can't even for a minute just be upset about something yeah. or just be hurt by something that somebody did without you then like going at yourself viciously <laughs> And I remember him looking at me saying, oh, my dad criticized me all the time. Yeah. I always had to prepare my arguments. And I'm like, he's not in the room. We got to help you to realize he's not in the room. Yeah. In fact, I walked, I, I stood up and I said, kick his damn ass out of this freaking room right now. Yeah. Out. Ima- imagine me, if you need me to say, out. Yeah. Listen, yeah. you have no place here. Yeah. And I shut the door and I sat down. And what what was so touching is he had a tear in in the side of his eye. And I said, can you just sit in in that space just for a moment and now receive my compassion? Because we're here to help you recover from being treated that way. Yeah, yeah. And it was hard to see. Right now with everything that are, oh, we have visitors. (laughs) Can you all hear them? No. Okay. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's so remarkable that in these very, very stressful times, especially now, and, and we talked about this earlier, a lot of division, yeah, a lot of people going after each other. Yeah. We're, we're seeing some personality disorders right now. Yeah. Um, not play fair. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's two things. One is I created a list that I wanted to share with the viewers on how to cope. How to cope. Um, some of the stuff, if you've heard our podcast before, which you hope you have, um, don't isolate. Mm-hmm. There is hope in numbers, especially politically. If you are feeling hopeless and if you are feeling alone, you got to join a group. Yeah. Join a group. Get out there. Whether it's on Zoom, we've talked about startups, whether it's talking to like-minded people, but that's going to help you to not feel, you know, um, uh, despair, grieve and let out the stress. We talked about that yep. throughout the podcast today. That, yeah. Do not overexpose yourself to the news and media. Yeah. Setting limits. Oh you my God. Political stress. You mentioned that setting those limits. Yes. You, telling yourself you deserve that. Yeah. You deserve that peace. Don't feed, feed the it. brain with, CNN, MSN, hour after hour after hour each day, um, because that's not good for you. Uh, Take care of your health. Yep. Sleep, eating, water, exercise, connection. Yep. Laugh. Yep. Connect. Yep. Take care of your health. Um, Balance life with play. Yes. Oh my God. Play, play, play. Um, Whether it's, you know, with the kids, with your pets, um, laugh, watch comedy. I mean, what were we watching the other night, Matthew? Um, Dunham. Were we watching that? Dunham? What's his name? Come on, Matt. Jump in here. (laughs) Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham, yes. Oh my God. Yeah, he, he, he can get a little bit weird. 
with his <laughs> statements, whether he's talking through Peanut or yes, yes. You know, what other characters yes, he may have with Walter yes. or what have you. But yeah, yes, he, that, yes. that's his release. Or what's the uh, terrorist? Um, yeah. Like puppet. yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking I about. Do. Oh, my God. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> um, list choices. Brainstorm options. If you ever feel trapped, you have to go out of the box. Yeah. Go out of the box. Options. I did. We did this over and over, especially when we were all in lockdown. I did this with each patient. Ahmed. What option do you have? Ahmed. Ahmed. That's it. Damn. Um, options. 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 Yeah. You feel trapped? Jump in your car. Yeah. It's beautiful out. It was spring at the time. I said, go for a ride. Or even sit in your. My partner. Yeah. <laughs> my fiance. I'll sit in my car, and it's like he'll come out, and he'll. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm just sitting up here. I'm just breathing. I'm just yeah, that's it. Taking a moment. I'm taking a moment. Taking quiet time. Um uh, if you need help, if you need a counselor, mm-hmm. if you need a hotline, if you are feeling suicidal, if you feel your drinking's out of control, we say this all the time, please, please, please reach out. Yeah. We are here for you. We, Matthew, myself, Barbara's not here tonight. We miss her very much. Um, we are here for you. No. Do not do this alone. No. Uh, no. You know, and if I find out you are, I'll kill you. Um, so, um, you know, and remember, what feels bad today, this is a blip on the screen. Yeah. It, it ain't going to feel bad in, in, the, in the days or the weeks to come. It does change. It's a great thing about getting up to yeah. a new day every day. It really does change. Now, there's one thing I want to read real quick, and it's it's called The Obstacle in Our Path, Opportunity. In ancient times, a kid had a, bol- a king had a boulder placed on the roadway. He then hid himself and watched to see if anyone would move the boulder out of the way. Some of the king's wealthiest merchants and courtiers came by and simply walked around it. Many people loudly blamed the king for not keeping the roads clear, but none of them did anything about getting the stone out of the way. A peasant then came along carrying a load of vegetables. Upon approaching the boulder, the peasant laid down his bundle and tried to push the stone out of the road. After much pushing and straining, he finally succeeded. After the peasant went back to pick up his bundle, he noticed a purse lying in the road where the boulder had been. The purse contained many gold coins and a note from the king explaining that the gold was for the person who removed the boulder from the roadway. Moral of the story, every obstacle we come across in life gives us an opportunity to improve our circumstances. And whilst the lazy complain, the others are creating opportunities through kind hearts, generosity, and a willingness to get things done. I thought that was such a good story to read tonight. Um, and on that note, how close did we get? We only have two minutes left. <sighs> Dear friend, we say <laughs> viewers, we're all in this together. We are. Um, please, 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 uh, talk to us. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Like yeah. I said, many people have been doing that. You can reach us yeah. on so many different platforms yeah. at this point. You know, Instagram, um, Podcast Detroit, Google Podcast, the Apple Podcast, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, 
I don't think I forgot any. Uh, but psyched you, by MG. Psyched by MG. Yeah. You can go to psyched by MG website. Uh, mm-hmm. You can if you you need to get a hold of us uh, on the website or schedule an appointment. Or yeah. ske- you can schedule an appointment actually right on the website yeah. now, thanks yeah. to the creation of my daughter Amelia. <laughs> Um, and uh, we're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, we wish everybody uh, good health, good yeah. mental health right now, and to know that you really are connected mm-hmm. and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks, Matthew. You thank you. And we miss Barbara tonight. We do. We miss Barbara. Yes, we do. But she's she's okay. She's just dealing with family members right now. So on that note, we say good night until the next time. Continue being kind to yourselves. Continue to be kind, please.